Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Through the Wealth Lens. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. We've got the star of our show, Mr. Hannes Grasher of UBS, joining us momentarily. Uh, but also, we got a special guest joining us today. Uh, I don't want to steal Hannes's thunder in introducing him just yet, but we're excited to bring him aboard to talk about really, you know, uh, to get into the weeds of our topic of the day. As you know, each episode that Hannes and I get together for this show, uh, we chat about different wealth management related strategies, solutions, things that he's chatting about with his clients on a regular basis over at UBS. And today's topic, we're going to be diving into life insurance. Now I get that it's a topic that maybe doesn't receive the same level of attention or excitement rather, uh, uh, like other financial solutions do. But there is a tremendous level of value to be had with life insurance. And we're going to get into why that is the case here in just a minute. But first, let's go ahead and bring Hannes aboard to get today's conversation rolling. Hannes, good to see you. How are you doing today? Hey, Ryan. Good to see you digging out of the snow like we are here. But, yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, life insurance really can be a great financial planning tool. But before we jump into it, I wanted to introduce George Papanier. Um, George is a recovering life insurance and annuity litigation attorney, and he now uses uh, his experience from the legal profession to create life insurance designs for affluent individuals and families that are meant to withstand turbulent market conditions. George is also part of our virtual family office, and he is one of the experts that we call on when we stress test a client situation, particularly when life insurance is part of the advanced planning process. George, uh, thanks so much for coming coming on the show today. Honest, thank you so much for having me and uh, happy belated birthday. Thanks. <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah, George, we're super excited to have you aboard today. And as Hannes and I have stressed, uh, you know, in past episodes about the stress testing process, you know, there's that big conversation around the idea of utilizing a network of professionals. So we appreciate you being a part of Hannes's network. And then, of course, being with us here on the show today to talk about what it is that you know best, and that's life insurance. Um, but hey, Hannes, let's get our conversation rolling. I'm going to throw this first question over to you. Uh, let's kind of just set the scene, if you will, for, uh, for our audience today. You are a firm believer that life insurance should be a key part of most people's wealth plan. Talk us through why it is that you believe that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think to see why life insurance can be so important, you really have to address first the bigger issue, which is wealth planning. Um, life insurance doesn't exist in a vacuum, of course. It can be, uh, it can really impact many, many aspects of your life, of your financial life. And that's why we view it not in isolation, but as a component of a broader plan for your wealth. And wealth planning is meant to help you address a multitude of financial concerns. And really given the versatility of life insurance that life insurance can offer, it is very often a major component of a wealth plan. Um, it's not the only solution you might, uh, you might need, but it could be one that plays a really super important role in helping you achieve your key goals. And, and from a more academic perspective, you know, we always talk about modern portfolio theory, it, a well-rounded financial portfolio can really benefit from the inclusion of life insurance. And these instruments can offer an added degree of investment diversification, as well as important liquidity and tax advantages. 
Sure, Hannes. I mean, a lot of value here within life insurance, and George is going to help kind of walk us through that value today. Uh, but I think it would also be beneficial for our audience if maybe we zoom out just a little bit here uh, and have you kind of maybe just touch on the overall importance of wealth planning as a whole and really just developing that big picture wealth plan for yourself. Talk, talk about the importance behind this for our audience. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So really, to achieve your personal and financial goals, you will likely need to engage in wealth planning. Um, at its core, wealth planning is really a comprehensive planning process designed to address the many financial issues you face in your lifetime, you know, especially the complex and thorny ones. And, and really effective wealth planning incorporates state-of-the-art technology and expertise um, and um, that's really, really when experts like George come in, right, um, with legal strategies and financial products to work together in a very synergistic manner. And, based, and basically, this is really the key element, right, around your, your, your specific situation. In other words, it is very tailored and customized to you, the client. And George, when we discuss a situation with a client, for you, the focus is also on the person and not the product. Isn't that, isn't that right? Absolutely. Very similar to the wealth planning, planning process. Uh, life insurance really is a component of a comprehensive plan where the client, uh, the insured, uh, the family, they take center stage. It's a very uh, human-centric approach. Um, and, you know, not to get all mushy here, but, you know, we really do want to understand the hopes the dreams, the aspirations of not only our clients, but their families in order to really create a plan that makes the most sense for that specific goal that's trying to be met. Yeah, so, and I love that, that phrase, human element. That's really one that's overlooked so often. And that's, we focus on that, you know, really, you know, we laser focus on that. Yeah, I mean, as we've touched on it actually in past episodes, Hannes, that, you know, getting into the, the heart of a client's goals and aspirations really is, uh, you know, it's at the forefront of really the wealth planning process. Um, but hey, my next question, let me, let me throw this one over to you, Hannes. Would you say that there are maybe signs or indicators that somebody can identify uh, within your own situation to tell, you know, if wealth planning is an action step that you should maybe consider taking? Yeah, right. So typically what we tell our clients is, is to determine whether there is a need for wealth planning is to ask themselves just a really few simple questions. You know, one, do you want to make certain that the financial welfare of your family and your loved ones um, are well taken care of, right? Then secondly, do you want to be confident you have the wealth you need, um, whether it's for business purposes or retirement, if you live past 90 or 100 years, right? I'm planning to be 120, so I you know I had to go through that planning that planning process as well. And then finally, do you want to ensure that your business thrives if you lose essential personnel or say the majority part in your business dies? If you answer yes to any of those questions, you know most likely you want to engage a wealth planning expert or team of experts to walk, you know, to kind of work through your complex situation. Sure. Our, our, so, fellas, you know, we've I think we've kind of done a good job of, of really encapsulating the importance of wealth planning overall. Let's pivot now back to this idea of life insurance and where life insurance, you know, plays its role within wealth planning overall. Hannes, 
you've got a little bit of a, a cool analogy here for, for how life insurance plays out in this process. Why don't you walk us through that? Yeah, I mean, so um, like like many of us who got a Swiss Army knife when they were young, right? A uh, Swiss Army knife is really, uh, it has many uses and applications like floss your teeth with it, you know, snipping thread and opening bottles. It's the most important one, really. Um, and life insurance is really like that useful tool. It can do many different, different things, serve many different purposes, get multiple jobs done. And it's, I don't want to say that it's a magic bullet um, for all your financial related matters, but it is like a Swiss army knife and it's, you know, it, it can do a lot of different things. And uh, in life insurance is merely, you know, potentially very formal tool um, that you can use as part of your wealth planning. And, you know, one with enough versatility to serve a really powerful role. And George, um, what would you highlight to show that life insurance offers, you know, so much vers versatility? I mean, you've got hundreds of cases and, and issues that you've solved with it. Yeah, Hannes, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think there's really three factors that uh, do a good job of highlighting the versatility that life insurance can provide inside of a wealth and estate plan. Uh, the first being liquidity. You know, we have a lot of clients, uh, their money's being deployed and utilized uh, as capital for projects. Uh, it may not necessarily uh, be there as liquidity for their heirs um, and for needs of their estate uh, if they were to prematurely pass. Um, the second would be leverage. You know, we're able to utilize uh, small percentages of a total death benefit or face value uh, through the deployment of premium dollars. Uh, to really be able to give us an outsized liquidity event, um, you know, when when the policy does endow, and the third would be certainty. Uh, you know, life insurance, as long as it's funded properly and, and designed correctly, uh, will be there when you need it, uh, and that that is the ultimate goal when we uh, secure any coverage for a client is to make sure it's serving the purpose that it was intended to serve. And given that flexibility, are there multiple goals that life insurance helps people achieve? Hannes, yeah, there's, there's really three uh, needs that can be addressed rather, rather simply uh, through the use of life insurance. The first is really providing for your family uh, or the, the causes you really care about. We have a lot of clients that uh, use life insurance as a means to fund uh, philanthropic efforts and charitable uh, causes that are near and dear to them. The second would be uh, access to cash surrender value inside of the contract. Uh, you're able to use this cash as your own private bank uh, and take loans whenever you require them. Uh, and the third would be uh, the third would be for a commercial uh, use, and that's uh, you know for funds that are required to run and operate your business effectively. Roger that. Yeah, I mean a lot of flexibility there, guys. And then of course the three there's you know three very hefty goals that it can help achieve for people. Uh, I'll throw this over to you guys because I'd like to kind of walk through, uh, you know, each of these three different outcomes. Let's start with that first one, the idea of how life insurance can really help, you know, address the needs of, of loved ones or, or your family or causes that you care about. You know, as George just mentioned, I would imagine that this first, you know, key goal uh, is probably, you know, the chief reason that most people would likely buy into life insurance. Am I correct in assuming that? Yes, Ryan, you're absolutely correct. So, however, not everyone realizes that that need, right? And and when we talk to people about life insurance, you know, thinking and talking about your own death 
is disconcerting to a lot of people, uh, and uh, it doesn't need it doesn't change the fact that the need is there, right? And that one day you will need it, and hopefully it's a long time from now. But when you do, I mean, certain financial issues might crop up that life insurance can help with. So, for example, if you've been very successful and there may be estate taxes due upon your death, life insurance is often used to provide the funds needed to cover these estate taxes. And that's re referred to as estate liquidity. Your heirs get cash, so they aren't forced to sell assets to pay the taxes, like a family vacation home or whatever it may be, right? And while we didn't see tax, re tax reform in 2021, um, there's still a possibility that it will happen this year or next, right? And um, so the importance of identifying investment opportunities like life insurance that can mitigate income and estate tax liability will become greater and have more impact on your overall wealth plan. Um, and so I'm, George, question to you. So in some of the cases you've worked on, people buy life insurance to build an estate in the first place. Isn't that right? Can you just expand on that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we look at life insurance, uh, depending on the client, can be the first of, of many building blocks in building uh, the effective uh, wealth transfer plan or estate plan. And a lot of our clients, uh, you know, their money is, like I said, being deployed, whether it even be for something as simple as, hey, we're buying that first house and we have that uh, mortgage commitment. Uh, the liquidity from a life insurance policy can help in the earlier phases of life. And these policies can grow with our clients as they, uh, you know, find their successes and their careers build to a point where, you know, maybe it's not necessarily used for that income replacement need, but it oftentimes morphs into more of an estate planning wealth transfer requirement, as you mentioned, uh, where there's that bucket of, of liquidity that's available for our clients to fund any type of uh, requirement that Uncle Sam might, may make upon them uh, from an estate tax perspective. You know, so George, in that case, would you happen to maybe have like a real life situation or even example that you could share with us to kind of illustrate that point you just made? I think the, the most common example uh, people think about when they look at uh, life insurance uh, providing liquidity would be the, the real estate developer that has their, uh, their, their money tied up in uh, real estate projects. Uh, may not have enough liquidity to, to fund an estate tax that could be due on all of that land. Because uh, at the end of the day, you're not paying estate tax on just the liquidity you have, but also all of your assets combined. Uh, so I think taking that a step further, we work with a lot of clients that uh, are putting their blood, sweat, and tears and capital uh, into the businesses they're growing. And oftentimes these businesses are growing at clips, uh, annual returns of you know, 20, 25, 30, even higher uh, percent every year. And to them, it's not a real sound economic decision to be utilizing that capital uh, to fund a life insurance policy that may only be returning a five to 7% rate of return. So for that reason, we're able to uh, help them leverage the growth of their business and use financing to fund any type of premium requirement needed for their life insurance needs. And Ryan, so an, another issue that I would put in this category is referred to as estate equalization. And this would be or should be considered if you want to transfer your wealth in equal amounts to various heirs, right? So for example, you own a business and you have two kids. One of the kids is involved in the business, doing really well running it, and is the sort of like the natural heir to take over that business. 
the other one is not involved in the business and doesn't want to be right so um, it could be a bad financial move to give half the business to each child and so in this particular case you could choose to give the company to the heir who will one day run it and then use life insurance to provide a comparable amount of wealth to the other child and and so that's another i think a really really good example and another important trend that we've seen is that life insurance is increasingly used to support charities clients care about um, george mentioned that earlier and um, you can for example for, for instance make a charity the beneficiary of a life insurance policy so if you're using certain types of charitable trusts you might want to incorporate life insurance into strategy so that your family does not um, get anything less because of your philanthropy. Um, but I want to uh, ask George about that in more detail at the end because he's done some really incredible important work in that area. Um, and yeah, so we just we'll, we'll expand on that later. Okay, gotcha. And, and Hannes, so let's let's jump jump into that like second key outcome or goal that life insurance can can uh, really help with, and that was this idea uh, that it can help provide you with cash to help a future need. Now, this is a really interesting one. Could you expand on this? Talk to us about this idea of leveraging life insurance to you know to have cash for a future need. Yes. So um, another key reason that life insurance can be such a versatile wealth planning tool is that. In some policies, you have what, what you, what's referred to as a cash account, right? So a portion of the premiums are contributed to the account, and those funds grow tax-deferred. And over time, that tax-deferred compounding can potentially result in a really sizable balance. And so the ability for the money in the cash account to grow without the drag of taxes can potentially result in substantially more than the amount of money that might accrue in a taxable investment account. And so on top of that, the money you withdraw might never be taxed, although that depends on how the policy is structured and paid for. And, uh, and George, um, we had previously touched on insurance to address business concerns if you're an entrepreneur or business owner. So what kind of strategies have you used or seen as an effective planning tool here or in such a situation? Sure, Hans. Uh, there's, there's really three, uh, I would say, most common uses for life insurance inside of a, a, a business uh, scenario or strategy. The first being key person coverage. Uh, we, we work with a lot of clients that have that one or two very valuable employees that without those employees, uh, the business just really doesn't run uh, as effectively as it could. Uh, so we want to make sure that, uh, you know, if something were to happen to those employees, that the, the business is able to financially uh, continue on and uh, hire anyone they may need to help replace those, those, those folks or any equipment or other material that might be required. So uh, the life insurance in that purpose uh, really does allow uh, an, a liquidity event into the business to help cover uh, that unexpected loss. Uh, the second uh, most common usage would probably be buy-sell coverage. Uh, any anyone who's in a business with a partner who may have equity in the business, um, if if that partner were to suddenly pass, uh, we then have the issue where uh, that partner's estate or family now might be uh, the new business partner, and and we typically don't want that. Uh, so in those instances, we want to make sure that the other partner has enough liquidity to buy out whatever outstanding share of the business the estate of the former partner may own. 
uh, in order to make sure that business continues on uh, in the most successful way possible. Uh, and the third uh, most common strategy would be using life insurance as an executive benefit. Uh, there's a lot of non-qualified deferred compensation uh, strategies that utilize life insurance to defer taxes on, on both income, whether it's salary uh, or, or bonus, uh, and allow us to, to A, either defer income taxes or maybe even eliminate income taxes uh, through the use of life insurance if held until death. Roger that, George. And guys, we had touched on this a little brief, you know, a little earlier ago, but relatively briefly is this idea of using life insurance to, uh, you know, kind of as a tool for philanthropic giving. Uh, you know, Hannes, we've we've chatted at length in some past episodes about philanthropic giving, uh, obviously its role within wealth planning overall. Talk to me a little bit about this, guys, this idea of using life insurance for philanthropic giving. Yeah, so this is really something we've seen increasingly with our ultra affluent clients. It's been, you know, well documented the, the amount of how wealth has increased with the ultra affluent, mostly because of a huge run in the stock market in the last, you know, two or three years. And um, and so many of these families also have a really strong desire to leave something to to charity. They want to leave a legacy behind and leave the world a better place. And life insurance can be a very effective way to help the causes you really deeply care about, right? And, um, and by providing the payout from a life insurance, uh, life insurance policy to a charitable, charitable organization. And um, so typically the life insurance death benefit will significantly, significantly exceed the premiums paid for the life insurance policy. And the bottom line here is that you may be able to use life insurance to make a much larger charitable gift than might otherwise be possible and really kind of like magnify the power of your giving. So guys, what I'm kind of gathering here is that there's a handful of different life insurance policies that exist out there, but George, what kind of, of life insurance policy are we talking about here in this instance Hannes just provided? Yeah, so in Hannes's example, permanent life insurance would be the, the more appropriate uh, life insurance vehicle to achieve the goals uh, that you would want to achieve uh, through charitable giving. Term insurance, uh, as it's stated in, in, the, in, the, in the, the term, in the phrase, is, is finite. So, you know, whether it be 10, 15, or 20 year term, uh, if you live beyond that term, uh, the insurance is no longer there. So in order to make sure that the charitable gift uh, does arrive to the charity. Uh, regardless of when you pass, we need to utilize permanent insurance. And there's some other factors that really make permanent insurance uh, a, lot, a lot more attractive uh, in the charitable uh, scenario. Uh, first and foremost being, if the charity owns the life insurance policy that you've gifted, uh, they also have access to that cash surrender value and they can utilize the policy itself and the cash surrender value inside of the policy as collateral and leverage to uh, do things that they may need to do even while you're living. Got it. So with these permanent life insurance policies, Hannes, who would you say might be a good candidate for this kind of strategy? So the use of life insurance to fund the charitable organization might appeal to someone, for example, if they, they find that their, benef their beneficiaries don't need don't need the proceeds of life insurance, right? So they don't need the money for the policy anymore. And, and also 
you know, you really need to have a strong charitable intent. There may be other benefits like tax breaks, um, but those really shouldn't be the main reasons to do this or the drivers. And in certain cases, you may be making an irrevocable gift to a charity. So gifting wealth that you can't take back. So you got to make sure you don't need it down the line because um, you, you know, you can't. And you really need to be motivated to do good. And um, so that's, you know, so that's another um, use. And, but George, like I said before, he's really uh, the expert here. He's done some really incredible and cool things. <laughs> Um, George, can you walk us through some of the different ways um, life insurance can be used to fund a charitable organization? Sure. Uh, you know, one, one area where we've seen a, a lot of momentum and interest among our clients is uh, due to the low interest rate we, environment we have been in for, you know, going on two decades now, uh, we're able to uh, leverage uh, the balance sheet of our clients to get ultra low interest rates. Um, and financing that can be used to fund a premium uh, where the client isn't coming out of pocket, really anything outside of a, a small interest only loan uh, in order to fund the charitable premium commitment, which will then fund the policy. Uh, taking that a step further, uh, we, we have a lot of clients who have seen a great appreciation uh, in their stock portfolios. Uh, and there could potentially be, if they were to liquidate those portfolios, some pretty large tax bills coming. Uh, in order to, to mitigate that, uh, we've been uh, collateralizing these stock portfolios to provide the premium needed to fund these policies. So uh, they're able to can still see the gain in their stock portfolios. And, and as we know, equities have uh, been on a tear, maybe not as of most recently, but certainly as over the past few years, um, while paying an ultra low interest rate to cover the, the need required for the premium outlay in their policy. Okay, that's yeah, that's um, yeah, we actually see that a lot. This sort of like the leverage using the leverage of a, of a big gain in a portfolio. And um, is there some other ways that someone use life insurance to be philanthropic? Any that you can think of? Yeah, so uh, there's a couple of different options, uh, depending on how much control our clients want to have um, pre, pre the policy endowing and paying out. Uh, one is they, they can uh, own the policy with the beneficiary being the charity. Uh, that allows them, uh, if something goes on with the foundation or charity that they have chosen, it allows them to maybe, maybe change the beneficiary if they're uh, unhappy with the direction while living. Uh, the second is to uh, place the policy into a CLAT, uh, a charitable lead annuity trust. Uh, this allows for some pretty phenomenal uh, tax savings while also making sure that you're funding uh, the charity of your choice uh, in, in probably the most efficient way possible. Got it. So Hannes, I'll throw this next question over to you. Talk to us about these different tax advantages or maybe even disadvantages in some cases that might apply to some of the approaches that we're talking about. Because obviously with charitable intent, there's always the tax break that's, you know, part of that conversation. You know, I hear you mentioning earlier that it really does come down to the intent. You want to make sure the intent is there, but let it, let's, let's do discuss these ideas of the, the advantages and disadvantages from the tax planning side. Yeah, sure. And I always have to emphasize that we do not give tax advice, but you should always, always talk to your tax professional 
if you're using a strategy where you're considering um, such a you know technique and and you have to be make sure that your specific situation um, is is really discussed and especially when gifts that involve financial products and legal structures like insurance policies right so you know talk to your your tax advisor and also part of our virtual family office you know those tax advisors are obviously part of the, the conversations but generally speaking different approaches have different tax implications for you as the donor and for example if a charity is named as a beneficiary the donor must continue to pay the premiums and there are no tax deductions right but as george mentioned that you have more control on the on the on the beneficiaries um, but if a charity owns the policy there can be tax breaks for the charitable contribution and for the premium payments in some cases that's sort of a just generally kind of the two you know the two camps Sure thing. Uh, so guys, look, we've we've hammered home a lot of information, a lot of good stuff surrounding this idea of life insurance and really its role within wealth planning overall, how it can be leveraged. I mean, there's there's a lot of information we crammed in today. Let's say somebody in our audience out there, uh, you know, the, the conversation's resonating with them, but maybe they want to reach out, Hannes, to either you or George uh, to maybe continue the conversation. Maybe they got some questions that pertain to their own set of circumstances. Uh, Hannes, how would you say would be the best way they should go about reaching out to you and your team to maybe get that ball rolling and and get that conversation yeah, sure. off and the I ground think, yeah exactly like you said you know if you ask yourself some of these questions that we kind of delved into and you think you know i, I might benefit from like stress testing my own personal situation um there is a um there's a link to our our um website and to george's website as well uh feel free to contact us and uh we'll be happy to to look at your at your situation to see if it's they can maybe benefit from you know from utilizing some of these some of these strategies. Fantastic. Well, guys, look, hey, I want to I want to take one final moment to thank you for for jumping out and you know being carving some time out of your day, being a part of uh, the show today, and really getting knee deep into this idea of life insurance. I know uh, you know you two work together as part of the virtual family office to you know have these types of conversations with your clients. So it's nice uh, that we can bring these same conversations that you're having in maybe a boardroom or a meeting room here uh, for all our all of our audience. So thank you guys. Appreciate you and your time today. Thank you, Ryan, and thank you, George, for joining us today. Great to have you on. Great to be here. All righty. Thanks, guys. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment, as always, to thank you, our audience, right, for jumping aboard and being with us on the show today. If you enjoyed today's show, if you benefited from anything that we chatted about today or just the conversation resonated as a whole, do us a favor. Subscribe to the show. Comment on it. Share this information uh, with friends, family, business owners, anybody who would benefit from these types of conversations. Because look, at the end of the day, we're taking a look through the wealth lens, through Hannes, George, their team, and their wealth lens. We've got a lot of great conversations uh, coming up here in future episodes that we would hate to have you miss out on. Uh, so be sure to go ahead and subscribe to the show. That way you're not missing any future content that we crank out. So for Mr. Hannes Grasher and George, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're going to go ahead and say so long. Thank you again once more for joining us on today's edition of Through the Wealth Lens.